whatever you might be thinking right now about today's gospel, blame the disciples. <laughs> they asked for it. All of Jesus' parables are meant to provoke us, to challenge us, to think. Something about this parable, the wheat and the weeds, they had to have an answer. It seems simple enough. Good and evil are so intertwined in our lives that we cannot root out evil without damaging what we're trying to save. The implication is, let God handle the sorting, and in the meantime, stay in your lane. If that's it, then what are the disciples worrying about? What's gnawing at them? As one of my favorite commentators on the parables, Robert Farrar Capon notes, letting weeds grow alongside wheat sounds a lot at first like doing nothing. And that doesn't feel quite right. But rather than think about the parable for themselves and live accordingly, the disciples want Jesus to do the work and think for them. Oddly enough, he seems to comply. Parables are not allegories with neat, stable definitions. They are not jigsaw puzzles that can be pushed aside once we assemble all the pieces. And yet, that is what we're given here. And an open parable about living with patience and reserving judgment in the present somehow becomes a closed proclamation of future doom. If this is the explanation for the parable, then honestly, we don't have to think about it either. We can extract the moral takeaway, add it to our to-do list, and be done. Case closed. That's it. Except, of course, that's not it. That's it is never that easy with Jesus. In this explanation, there are children of the kingdom and children of the evil one, and we are given no indication how to become one or the other. We can try to be righteous and avoid being evildoers, but that's not specific enough to be helpful. We also know that our intentions are not equal to our actions. We can intend good, make some unwise decisions, and end up with disastrous results. Does that make us bad people? How do we ultimately know if we're wheat or if we're weeds? Isn't a weed in the eye of the beholder? Maybe this is why the disciples wanted an explanation for this parable. We all like to think that we are wheat. But what if we're weeds? What if we're the ones who are unwanted by God and don't belong? There has to be a better message this morning. For those of us who worry that we're not made of the same stuff as the good people of this world, 
who question our worth sometimes, or fear that we have outlived our usefulness. Fortunately, there are other true things we can say about God that can add to our understanding of today's gospel. Whether we look at the God of Genesis, who blesses someone as conniving and cowardly as Jacob, a weed, as it were, or the God of Romans, who wants us all to live in the freedom of the glory of the children of God, there are other things we can say about who we are, and more importantly, who God is. Thank God for the God of Psalm 139. The truth is, we don't know all of who we are. We may never know, but God knows, and that's enough. In the end, God is the only beholder who matters. Today's psalm depicts in unmatched beauty the God who knows our movements, our actions, our thoughts, our words before we even speak them. There is no place where God cannot reach us or find us or be with us. Even death is no match for God. If I climb up to heaven, you are there. If I make the grave my bed, you are there also. It is a little unsettling that we cannot decide what God knows about us, that we cannot manage our profile or choose our privacy settings. Even in the darkness where we hide from ourselves and from each other, God meets us there too. But hear the good news today. God has not rejected us. God is not repulsed by us. Nothing we do can make God turn away or stop God from seeking out the best for us. And when we let ourselves be known and loved like that, we stop worrying so much about punishment. And we find the courage to do whatever comes next. Initial appearances to the contrary aside, today's parable does call us to do something. We are called to turn toward the light and to cultivate what is good in our lives. We don't need to spend all our time searching out evil. It will find us all too readily on its own. It's a question of focus. Focusing too much on what's wrong in ourselves or in the world around us can lead us to neglect and diminish what's right. And given the difficult odds of anything good or beautiful lasting long in this world, who are we not to cultivate it when we find it and give it the best possible chance to grow. In the silence that follows, I invite you to consider 
What might you need to let go of in order to see and then celebrate the good that God has already given you? How might you get out of your own way and let what is good in you grow? In the name of the one who loves us too much to do our thinking or our growing for us. Amen.